Yeah. Hold on, she's back. <laughs> I haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> I know, but we, we just couldn't hear you in here anyway, so. Oh right, you can pause for breath in it. Yeah, I'm totally on the same page in everything that you say. And it's like, with all what's going on at the moment and people are stirring up and getting angry, they're not coming from a place of peace. And, and I think that's the key to everything in it. You, you have to look at the triggers and think, why is this happening? Why is this affecting me? What am I still carrying that's making me angry? You know, I need to dig deeper to yeah. clear that. You know, it's like you say, it's taking off layer after layer after layer. Mm -hmm. And the more people come into a state of peace and can accept what's going on and deal with their own inner world, what a difference we could all make. Well, the coming from inner peace puts you at the right place to, I say the word, decree it in, um, think it in, spell it in. There's all different ways you can put it, which is exactly what these evil fuckers have done to us anyway. When you look at some of the, like the, can I say fuckers? You've already said it. I don't know how many times you said it. Okay, all right, we'll rewind a bit a little bit there. Sorry, language warning. Um, but, Oh, now I've lost my train of thought again too. Um, just the programming, you know, the, the, the programming that's been, been put in was we really, we're we coming from that angry side because some of us realise we've been screwed, literally been screwed over yeah. by everything, by the system, everything that we thought we've had faith in, the education system, the medical system, the science system, the, you know, everyone, all those that we thought would protect us, you know, the armed forces, and they've turned around and they're, 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 we, we are the, we, we have become their target in all ways. You know, we literally have become cattle to them, and you know they're after our soul. It's 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 the, it's the you know sell the soul. So there's going to be a few, very few of us that'll be pure bloods. We'll still have our soul intact because we haven't been, you know, mentally incarcerated by this by this mm. whole big game of, of you know matrix. It's a matrix. So yeah, but what you're saying, it, it's really knowing yourself first. You can't come from a place without knowing who you are because you're coming like. Uh, let me give it an out there example, um, and I don't like to be, it sounds racist, but with some of the, with the Afghani, with the Muslim culture, I'm not saying all Muslims are bad in any way, but I'm saying some of them with their culture and how they suppress somebody, as in women, and it's just, it's cruel, you know, so how does that person ever really know who they are when from the beginning they're made to feel um, uncomfortable just being born a female? ashamed of being for, called a female so you know it's it's really we need to just stop watching this stuff and start to take responsibility the thing is in those cultures you can't what do you do what do you do you're born into it you know it's hard to find your way through it well i think life has seen um the suffragette movement in the uk and i mean even before that there was william wilberforce and young children going down in the mines and you know, very young and mm. getting it to work. So, you know, the change of attitude within the UK and setting up the unions. And, um, and of course, you know, when you move across to what you're saying about the suppression of females, but more or less in the Indigenous people too. I mean, what I've seen... And that's in, the, in all, all Indigenous people. Oh, particularly yeah. in America. I mean, they've yeah. got the, um, what's it called, the Campbell Freeze Act, you know. Mm. So what they're doing there is trying to get them off the reservations because... Um, that place in Arizona, it's got all the bloody, the gold, it's got the uranium, and it's got the coal. Um, it's, it's quite a big, huge um, resource there. And, of course, they originally got them off all the good pastoral lands, thinking they are going to be okay, and now they realise that's where all the mineral wealth is. But even here, and now Indigenous people here in Australia, so 
and then if it wasn't for that it was the the gays isn't it? the gay and lesbian sort of movement so we've always gone into yeah, a fractured from one to another we've always gone into a fractured mm. society of us and them and it? it's always machiavelli lifestyles us and them west mm. versus the east you know it's all about conflict and whoever rises above it Mm, and then how do you come out of it if you are born into that culture? Like, <coughs> I think right Gandhi, now, Gandhi uh, you know? he did an extremely good job over in um, India to, to remove the English out of India. I mean, that was a place of peaceful um, protest, isn't it? Mm. We did have a guy last year called Bambang, um, who's from Indonesia. He, he, <coughs> he lives in Bellina. And um, he organised a million Indonesians in Jakarta to come into the main town there. And they did that uh, prayer vigil for days and days and that piece that they presented allowed um, President Suharto to actually transition out of that office without going into major conflict which normally happens when you've got someone who's a dictator. <laughs> Quite impressive. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. Okay so what's our next moves now then? Find out who we are, get our groove together and start to mentally fight back. You, you can do that from your mm. own home, that's the thing. We don't have to be out in force, we'd be peaceful and, and mentally put it in. You understand, just, just, Andrina, did that come over well when I was talking about the photons? Did you understand what I was saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And that was one of the gifts of information that I got from the ether. There's many journeys, they were all the time, and I found that I didn't want to be around people. Um, I found it hard when I was first getting all the downloads to even have anyone sleeping next to me. I couldn't have the grandkids over because I'd, I'd shut my eyes and all of a sudden it'd start. And then if you touch me or anything, it'd, it'd just take me right out of it. And at one stage, because I could, only in hindsight that I could work out what was actually going on, but with one journey, I was in this place and it was, I can't articulate what it was like because it's not like anything you can sort of imagine. But um, I, I, I realised I was actually in my own nervous system. I was in amongst, I was in the synaptic gaps and I could see every single thought. It was showing me from the inside in that every single thought you have, there is, there is, there was a spark go off and then I was, so I was watching this and then I'm thinking to myself in my head I'm thinking oh where am I where am I this you know it's like, choo, 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 like lightning going off everywhere and all of a sudden I just stopped so I'm viewing I've got my eyes closed but I'm in this place and then all of a sudden it stopped and I thought hmm and then when I hmm it started again and then I oh my god I'm, my thoughts are creating that lightning and then choo, 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 choo. and then I'd stop being it back again and at the end of it, I realised not just some, every single thought we are having. So, you know, what are we thinking about? What shit, what, ang what, what anger have we got? What resentment or what grudges are we holding from someone from 20 years ago, you know, that we're carrying there and all this is actually having an effect in all levels, all dimensions. So that one and then the other one was at one stage, by the time it's four or five years into after the experience happened, that I realized, I, realized, I was in the ether, and in the ether to me, it's black, but it's bright, glistening, and full of color. But it's still black, but it's all there. So you've got these lights of potentials, like a photon. They're photons. So a photon is it there? Is it not there? Can you weigh it? Where is it? It's just there, and it's not there. So it's just just about there, and then it's there, and then it's gone again. So I was in this place, and I knew by then that every thought had a had a reaction in the ether. So I thought something in. I just thought tree. I'll just make it. And I'm looking around, all of a sudden I look back to the front where I'd been looking before, and oh my god, he was a tree. When I say a tree, it wasn't a fully formed tree, it was an outline of a tree in the ether. So if you imagine a jellyfish that's see-through, 
and there's all these little fairy floss sort of stuff, little sparkly stuff. What do they call it? Is it fairy floss? Not fairy floss. What is that? Uh, confetti. So imagine confetti floating around. But I'm going to draw a line, and the confetti that's in that line of the tree is different to the confetti that is outside of the line of the tree. So this is what I call this field. So, but what I noticed, I'm making the story too difficult, but it's really hard to articulate when it's it's, it's quite a complicated. No, I'm with you. What had happened? So I I think tree. In a, in a second, I see tree. But what made the tree was that the particles outside and the particle inside were different which I've just said, but I'm going to explain it another way. What happened is those particles that were inside that tree field, and it's, it's, it just sounds crazy, but all of a sudden it's like they became conscious. They started to look at themselves, look at others around them, grab this one, grab that one. And next thing I found there was a double helix forming in front of me, and the next thing there was a tree. So to dumb that down, once you view, once you put an intention in the ether, a, 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 a field of that potential is created. The, the particles that get caught up in that field, because now you've had a photon from your thought, hit the photon of potential. So now you've got an implosion. And the biggest thing that happens is those particles not only become conscious, so now you've got literally, I call them unconscious, it's, it's not quite like that, but it is too. So the particles of potential are on, unconscious, they're there, they're potential. As soon as you think in, those, those particular particles become conscious. And what happened is they became self-organising. I had that ha-ha moment where I realised that all you've got to do is think it in, that's all, that's all. All you have to do is think it in and then the ether takes over and does it from there and all of a sudden it starts forming at that particular moment when i had that haha -ha moment something got in behind my eyes and i should you not it got in behind my eyes and viewed my thoughts it was lasted a second or two and then it took off so i realized that not only we there is something there that monitors or has the potential to get into our thoughts I, it wasn't a bad feeling it was it was like it's almost head offices, I call it, or source had came, like a light had gone off and something somewhere had said, oh, she just had a ha-ha moment. And then this little thing came in behind my eyes, looked at what my ha-ha moment was and then took off again. So, oh, my God, it's so deep. You've got to be careful about what you think. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> that's, that's coming from a completely different perspective, eh? Well, I look, this is stuff that, it's taught me. I don't know what happened that day, but when I, from when I woke up to that that mark, there was a couple of different, well, many different things, but one was a voice that speaks to me very rarely, only in seven years, maybe three, four times, um, but the rest is data dumps. So I'll get a whole lot of information in a short period of time, and then I've got to go back and try and understand what I was data dumped with. And it will be in a category. I felt I, one, once I was walking through New York Airport, and I had a data dump of all the, all the pain of every woman, woman that had ever lived, all the suppression of women. And that was part of me going into third world and working with women to stop genital mutilation, to get good, good quality menstruation products to them, um, sex education to them, female condoms we were doing, uh, washes, wipes, anything to do with um, female hygiene and that. So I think that's what really sort of sent me into it when I really saw why women, I understood why they were sacrificing virgins and why they were locking women in dungeons and all this. It was just a horrible experience. I burst into tears. I obviously didn't catch that flight, 
but um, people around me thought that I'd had some sort of a fit, but it wasn't a fit, it was a data dump. So yeah. uh, lots of information, but it still comes to, to the one thing, and the one thing is that every thought counts, every thought there is a reaction, and when we understand that, we use our thoughts to create what it is that we want at this particular moment in time. So we think that world we want, we, we, we feel that world we want, we understand ourselves. I keep going back to that because you must understand who you are first. So your thinking is a cleared, you're a clean slate, you're back to the biological, the, the factory setting version of you. And that helps you, that empowers you because you realise that you're you finally, you know, you're not suppressed by everything there. It's hard to do on an external level in some cultures, of course, mm -hmm. but mentally you can do it. Mentally you're free. And that 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 thinking in, that that sending that, that created, that field creation in will still work. It's only so you're suppressed on a physical mind, ego level when you walk out. But when you're in your soul, that's your, that's your spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally totally and I think you know so many people are in their head and I and I speak from past where I've been a head case for far too long <laughs> but, but working through different issues and layers and you know all this the stuff that you go through and and as you start slowing down slowing yourself down and I say to everybody like do the the four breath you know where you're counting you're slowing yeah. yourself down and then when you're slowing yourself down, you're aware of your thoughts and what you're thinking. But but you can be um, talking to people and you know they're not listening. Yeah. You know, you can you know darn well, well I do anyway, I know when somebody's with me and somebody's in their in their head. And and I think that's the thing to learn is to breathe, to be, come back to here, pause for mm. breath, and then just just start breathing and then just be aware of your thoughts and you know and I know from different circumstances in my life you know I've been angry I've been raged I've been through trauma all of these things and it's like now you know you're working through these things and recognizing that was then and you didn't know any different to where we are yeah. now that we know now the damage that we're doing to ourselves or we've done to ourselves and you know, our emotions are, you know, like our bodies are suffering through blocked emotions. And, you know, we have to clear away and come back to here and just breathe, remember mm. who we are. Mm. And, then, and then we carry all that baggage with us too. So it's really letting it go. It doesn't serve you at all. You know, I, so as a counsellor, I've seen people that are angry for 20 years on the same thing, you know, and it's mm. like he's moved on now, you know, angry at an ex or whatever, and it's like, move on, don't give it any thought. Yeah, yeah. Why are you giving it thought? You're making it real. It's gone. It's not even here now. It's a way past thing. And we beat up on ourselves for what we would have, should have, could have done. But the thing is, with each day, we learn a little bit more, especially over years about ourselves, and especially if we take out all the programs and realise who we really are, then any decision, but any decision we made in the past was based on the best we could at the time with what we know and we can go ahead and say, oh, I should not have done that. But at the time it was the it was the decision you made based on where you were in life or the skills you mm. had. So mm. let it go. It's like, you know, I say to people, it's like a suitcase. You you go to bed free, wake up, new day, and here's the suitcase of all the bullshit from the past that you open up and now you have a cup of coffee and you relive it. You go, oh yeah, there was that that ass and this one and that one and that one. Let it go. And, you know, people ask who you are. I don't even know who I am. I'm just, I'm not even reinventing myself. I'm just 
I had my chakras removed, and that sounds really crazy to some people, but when you understand that that, that the chakras, can I, have I got enough time to just talk on that really quickly? Because what happened, um, when we look at, I didn't know this, but I was, because these, of this crop circle and different experiences was happening, I thought that I'd have to get into, you know, what the chakras were and all that. Didn't know anything about them. That was not my, my path. So I started to sort of read a little bit. I just sort of pictures and I thought, oh, let me just sort of focus some energy on, on here or there or throat chakra or wherever it was. I didn't even know the names of them really. And then all of a sudden something, this is when that voice talks to me and said there are no chakras. It is just your heart. It is one. And I've gone, whoo, okay. Mm. And then all of a sudden I got the downloads. So I need to get sort of a little bit more visual again with this one. So when you understand the human body, right, and here's the heart. I'll take these off again for a second. Here's the heart. <laughs> so from here, you understand the Taurus field? Yeah, certainly do. Hear her down there. I didn't need to have those on at all. <laughs> so here's the Taurus field, right? So we have the head, the heart is the center of that. If you look at it from top from top down, it swirls, which is the flower of life. Okay. So we've got yeah. a field that's going up and around, and we've got a field that's twirling at the top. Let's use a bit of common sense. So this is our this is our field. This is our energy field, right? It's a circle. And the source field that comes from the heart. If we had, hang on, go back. So where we focus attention, energy goes. We've just got to that, okay? So if I focus my attention here, that means energy is going to go there. If I focus it here, energy is going to go there. If I focus it there, then energy is going to go there. So what we've got, I'm going to explain this in a few different ways. So what you're going to have from that original source field is an interruption pattern. So when you see it come out and then you see it from a top spiral around like that and you <laughs> dropped a pebble into that as in a thought in somewhere, put it another way, okay, you've got a pond. You throw a stone, a pebble in the pond and a ripple comes out. Let's say that's the heart field. If I go throwing other stones in there, I'm going to create interruption patterns from the original source. So something told me that I needed to not work with the chakras. I then bumped in, or I didn't bump into a lady, I'd known her for a while, who then tells me that she'd had her chakras removed. And I went, what? You can actually have them taken out. And if they're being taken out, that means they were put in. Turns out after a trip to Egypt, she discovered in hieroglyphics, and you can Google this, where you see the little people and then the gods, if you like, standing over them. And what were they putting in them? Their chakras. That you can see a photo. Actually, I should wish I'd have known I was going to talk about this because then I would have brought, a, brought the photo. But here they are inserting the chakras. In other words, they were put into human, not all humans. So they were put in and, they, and we were told... We were told they were to help us live in this realm. Now, why do we need help living in this realm when we're born into this realm? So, hang on, let me just, it's not exactly, not, not exactly as I wanted it, hang on. So, let's look at this shape. So, this is actually the crop circle that I had. It's in a circle. Yeah. This is the mark here that's a tattoo of it. 
not the mark, mm. the <coughs> So let's take that mark. This is how it, it, that, it's a photon, basically. It's a photon. So now let's draw there, there, there. And now if we draw there, 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 what have we got with the Merkaba? If you look at the man standing in the Merkaba with uh, Da Vinci, is it the Da Vinci man? Yeah. So yeah. It's Merkaba. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so by putting them in, by putting the chakras, it holds us into a Merkaba. So if you've got a Merkaba, which is two pyramids upside down, in a circle, which is the force field that creates that field around the human, you never fully fill the whole field. As soon as you take the ends off the pyramids, you go from a Merkaba to a dodecahedron. <laughs> Who would have thought? Mm. So what happens when you go to a dodecahedron, you literally pop into your field. So you fill your whole field. So it seems the chakras were added into certain certain people's way back to keep them to keep them dumbed down. At the same time, just after I had them taken out, a friend of mine went to a tribal, which is the Indigenous, the tribal Indigenous elders here, women's group, and she mentioned something about the Merkaba, about the um, chakras, and the tribal woman said, huh, we don't have them. We were never given them. So it's funny that some cultures have them and some don't. And she then told the story to this woman that from the centre of the earth, North Pole, if you like, flat earth model, where you've got four lands come out. So you had the Muslim, you had the Christian, you had the Hindu, and I can't remember, there was another one, the indigenous, the, the, the nature law. And it was the Hindu-ish type religion that had them put in. The others didn't. Christians never had them put in and neither you could have inherited them, but you never had them put in. So anyway, that's a bit about Merkabars and dodecahedrons. So I became a dodecahedron and literally filled my space. I felt like I still do. I feel like I'm like 14. It's just you just completely fill your space. There's, not, there's no work to be done on yourself. I was going and doing ceremonies and different things to sort of you know those little voids in the in the uh, Merkaba or the bits the points that didn't quite didn't quite get here I was working on those spots soon as I filled the space there was nothing to work on anymore you just go oh I'm me all of me every bit of me is in that field so ah, so mm -hmm. Google, Google that one go to the dodecahedron you can see it just we just fill our field so hence the spiritual or the indigenous folks have more spiritual than us they haven't been tied down by something created distractions where you would focus on somewhere else causing interruption patterns all the time makes sense mm. I, I might upset a few of the uh you know those that are going into the chakra stuff but i'm sorry but well <laughs> i gotta be honest i've never heard of that before so that's a totally new um I hadn't either, but I, I was told to take them out and get rid of them or not focus on them. And then when I had them out, the feeling was just like, I just got up off the table and just went, oh, my God, I'm me. And then I, I, then I had no identity. It was just like I was. I felt a couple being removed. I felt them being sucked out of my body. But boy, oh, boy. Who did it for you? Well, a lady who, Is that um, Jeffrey knows her, actually, Lauren. What had happened is when I first woke up with this mark on me, 
I didn't know where to go because I thought, you know, have I been, uh, you know, did an alien mark me in the night? Like I didn't know what it was, right? And I just called it a human crop circle. It turns out that there is this phenomenon that people can wake up with marks. What they are, we don't know. But with me, some sort of portal had opened up and I didn't know whether I was possessed by something and someone else said, oh, you've got to walk in. And I thought, no, I feel like I'm still me, but something's communicating with me. So I uh, contacted because she had a, a night watch with ET stuff that she was doing and I found her on a Facebook group. And I contacted her and she said, look, I'm going to be speaking in your area. It was like a few days away. And I went to this ET meeting. Oh, my God, there was ETs in the room. I'm telling you, there were people with faces that were like nothing else I've ever seen before. So it was a real, and, and she said, only you'd notice. I'm looking around, I thought, no, they're not human. There's only a few, like out of 30 people, there's probably three that I could pick that weren't human. And I thought, of course, they're going to come to the meetings. They want to know what we're talking about. Them, okay. So anyway, I didn't get a chance to speak to Lauren before the, before it all started. And at the end of it, she spoke and talked about her experience and she had woken up with triangles on her. So after she woke up with the triangles, she had experiences from ET, whereas I woke up with not triangles, with a crop circle. And my experience was to do with consciousness, nothing to do with ETs. I've never seen an ET, thank God for that, because I get in front of that sort of stuff. So Lauren and I sort of made friends over that. In fact, when I finally got to talk to her, she said, the ETs had told her that I was coming. They said she'll be walking in the room and you'll know her. She'll she'll stand out, which I did compared to the ETs in the room, that's for sure. <laughs> I was one of the human ones. I just the weirdest of faces, like you know, completely flat faces and crossed eyes, and I'm like, oh my god, they're definitely not human people. <laughs> I think, so, I think you need to go to Parliament House then. <laughs> so it was her that um, through the ETs had told her that she needed to have them taken out. So her and the, out with the ETs took hers out and then she took mine out. So we're probably the only two people in history that have had them removed. I reckon. So I believe she's sharper removing it now, though. There's so many people that have said, oh, my God, that makes sense. So she can actually do I mean, it was a big ceremony. It wasn't like just her and I. But she yeah. had the crystal ball, you know, not the crystal ball, the bowls singing and oh, it was just gorgeous. You know, I'm lying there in bliss state and I all of a sudden poof, felt one go. It was like someone had put a plunger in my vagina and gone and pulled it out. Oh, that one's gone. When we got to the stomach, it was, I felt nauseated. I actually felt like I wanted to vomit. She left the heart, of course, and when, when her hands, oh, my eyes were closed, but I can still feel what she was doing and that was just white crystal and light. When she got to the top, which you'd call the crown chakra, so what I was seeing was there was black with a purple about this big in the middle of the black, that violet purple, then all of a sudden like a Taurus field, it flipped in and became the opposite. So now it was purple with black and then it flipped in again and everything was purple, everything was violet. That's when that one went and it was just like boom. That's when I felt myself pop. I literally felt like I went poof and popped straight out into this circle. I just filled everything. As soon as it came out and she said, yeah, there was darkness in the violet. So once it did, the violet filled everything. So I'm not saying we haven't got colours in there, but we certainly, if I'm focused, if everything comes from the heart, if the soul, we have more neurons from the heart to the, from the, heart to the brain than the brain to the heart. So the heart is the centre of everything. So if we're focusing anywhere else or asking anything else, we are distracted, we are, we are not in the heart. So we have to be in the heart with everything. So you come into that place as soon as we, as soon as we start 
thinking, where's my bits of paper? Lost it here. As soon as we go out of here and in here, we're not in the space that we can do anything. Mm. Really, with, with our potential, as in what, what we what the human potential is able to do, which is create. We are co-creators. When they say we create, we are co-creators. We create. We definitely create, and that's what they're trying to do. Evil Can you uh, bring that point up again and go to that? Place? So it's, another page there says soul. Um, there you go. Okay. It's fact discreetly, but you you get an idea. So the human potential. Though, this is where we need to know who we are. No, mm. as they say. yeah, definitely so, amazing. Amazing, pull you and, and 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 talk you backwards. And remember, one of those pullers is your own ego. I'm not good enough. Oh, you know, my mother always said I, I would have been better doing something else. Don't do that. You're you, you're your own biological computer, you have your own soul. Your parent births you, but they have no control over your soul. That's and right, your yeah. soul. You know, it's, and it doesn't matter what you're calling in, what religion, what culture, but it, they've either already got your soul. And you look at people like Gates and all that, and then Zuckerberg, you know, his eye, he, had, he had animation in his eyes once, and now they're just black. They've sold their soul. You can see it when they've sold their soul. A lot of these Hollywood stops, you know, they've sold their soul. Mm, so mm, they're after ours. Know yours yeah. and keep it, very, keep it very close. And don't focus anywhere else. Just go straight here. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And write out what you are. Oh, one other thing, I know we're running out of time very quickly, but when you have a thought, say you want to you want to put something into the ether, understand there's 12 circles, so everything all comes out, spirals out. So if you have one thought, say the thought is, say, say this is an intention, you want to lose weight. One, one thing, that's quite simple. However, that's going to affect all these other areas. It'll affect your finances because now you're shopping differently. It'll affect your friendships because your fat friends don't want, want to hang with you because you're skinny now and they're going to feel jealous. <laughs> and your husband's going to think you're having an affair because you've got thin. Your clothes, that's going to be the difference. The girls at work that you used to go and have the coffee and the cake with, you know, all of this. So one thing you think, look at the consequences of your actions. Remember karma. I'm a big mm. believer of karma. It comes back to get you. So be a person of your word. Understand karma will get you. You can't mess with that. So, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> that's like sometimes before I knew this, I'd have really shitty days and i think, shit, what did I think four or five weeks ago that's caused this? And you always try to back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it is. That is. why all the toilet paper left those shops last year. <laughs> I did take all the toilet paper, actually. Oh, <laughs> Girls need toilet paper a bit more than boys. Actually, I've gone over to a, a washable cloth now, so I didn't use all the toilet paper anyway. I just thought, nah, let's think differently about this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, there are all these different things out there, eh? But, no, that's really interesting about the chakras, and I know a couple of people had put messages. I saw it flash up. Um, so, yeah, so that's totally opened up a whole new concept of things. So I should be looking right. into that because, like I said, Chakras I've never... Out. Deprogrammed, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then rebuild the youth that you should have been. <laughs> then take on the evil bastards. <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> oh, right. I don't think anybody's got any questions. I haven't seen anything, uh, anybody asking anything. So, um, yeah, so if anybody wants to ask any more to do with the chakras or not. Like, what? Yeah, probably because chakra healing. <laughs> oh, flip! You know, there's, there's you know, there's colours, there's notes, there's vibrations, all sorts of things to each chakra. So now, 
was like, oh, we've wiped the slate clean now. Yeah, but so remember like, these evil bastards have started and deprogrammed you. If, if you really want to go back now, this should get the palms going. Go back to the Tartarian stuff and all that information. So you can see that they've reset our history or our pay, reset and lied to us and brought programs in right from 150, 200 years ago. And then they'll do it again. They'll do it again. So when the oldies die off in the next generation, they never know what we knew. So if, if we were taught about chakras, we're just going to believe that they were there. You know, we just we just take it for granted. But when have they ever told us the truth on anything? Well, exactly. Anything. So, I mean, like, okay, so we look at chakras as a spiritual type thing, but then look at religion. That's all bullshit. I mean, the Pope is one of the biggest pedophiles. In the world. Oh. I shouldn't say that there. All right, well, you know, there's people like that. You know, it's you true. Know, you know, it's like... Queen, you know, all of them. These aren't set the rules here now with the English. But it's yeah, all that programming. You, you can't have a thought without even wondering if it's a programmed thought that you've been programmed to think that way in the beginning. I mean, if you've got a science head, you're thinking, you know, through the pro, through the thinking of science. If you're spiritual, you're thinking through the science. But what if it's all like, we know science is bullshit. So maybe a lot of our spiritual stuff is bullshit. I'm not saying bullshit, bullshit. I'm saying that we're being led in a direction of spirituality that perhaps isn't the right one. It's it's here. We've been taught to pray outside ourselves. So when we go, we go, yeah. for me, can you help out there? You're taking it away. It's not for me, can you help out there? What can I do? I am a powerful creating machine. You don't give away your power to anything, any God, any religion, any spiritual thing, any alien. It's us. We, we are the creator. So as soon as you, and, and if our heart field is everything and you're praying outside as in your, you know, asking God, you've completely missed the point. It's you that is is, is the one you, you want to be, you know, dealing with. That's mm, mm. right. You, you want to forgive you, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's asking yourself, like, how can I do this now? What do I need to do to make a difference? Or, you know, yeah. you're asking yourself, what do I need to do? Where do I need to be? How can I make a difference? And and all of these things. Mm. Yeah. Not what can God do or what can the government do? Don't ask that one. Oh, um, so, you know, what can the education system do? All that? No, 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 no. We don't trust these bastards. Come back. No, no. You, keep saying, know yourself. When you know yourself, you know your power. And what are these, the human potential? What are all these movies they put out, the superhumanists? Ah, they're trying to put it in our face. We know that we've got people that are classes a little bit different, but they're quite gifted. Look at the savants. I watched a documentary on some savant, savant twins a while back. They have their, their brain worked faster than a computer. There's mathematic math, 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 people that there was a movie. What was the movie? The Accountant. And he's drawn all over the place. And That's Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, yeah, Affleck, yeah. And, and there's, there's kids like that all the time. I, I think that we've misunderstood a lot of them. I and mean, a lot of them have been dumbed down through, again, vaccinations and all that sort of thing, food, you know, eating preservatives, chemicals, flavour enhancers, mould inhibitors. I mean, a lot of these kids with these problems will, will eat just rubbish too, you know. So mm -hmm. I found as a nutritionist, I was working many years, many years ago now um, with a neurologist at, the, at, at a hospital and I worked for seven years with her and I found when we changed the diet of kids with behaviour problems, you mm. changed the personality and went better. I mean, look, I've got grandkids. I've got four kids, so I do understand why some animals eat their young. But you know, <laughs> with, with grandkids and all that, so four born, more coming. 
Um, and, you know, you, you look at one of the little boys, oh, he's a little rotten little shit. His mother's not watching, but he's lovely. I love him. Look, you know, I couldn't eat all of him, but he's, <laughs> you know, four-year-old won't take no for an answer. But as soon as he has anything sugar, there's even anything he smells that he's into it, oh, my God, the personality change in that child is, is horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. You know, mm. he just meltdowns and I just want to punch his little lights out. You know, right. but, Red cordial, eh? <laughs> well, mm. we don't have between, but, if, you know, like I took them to a play centre. And what did they do? As I'm leaving, the woman at the desk wants to give them free lollipops. I've got a yeah. two-year-old and a four-year-old, right, that don't eat sugar. And all of a sudden this lady leans over the counter to hand out the lollipop as little Hunter walks past to grab it. You want to see me in slow motion. I'm like, no, I jump over the pusher, over the two-year-old and swat that out of her hand. I said, what are you doing? She goes, just give us it. It's a four-year-old. You're gonna let him suck on that. He's gonna be a little shit the rest of the day. She goes, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even think of it that way. I said, Stop giving the kids lollies when they come here. Yeah. You know? Mm. So, but yeah, yeah. like mum, one lollipop wouldn't have wouldn't have hurt. And I said, it was on my watch, and I have to watch them, you know. So no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give I'll give him a can of coke before I send oh, no, him no, no. next time. You know, everything's sprayed and God knows what. You need to wash your stuff and and look at your Andrina. Like I know back when I was younger, um, there were wheat bits still around. And if you didn't close that packet up, they would go stale. I have seen wheat bits that are four years old that still are crunchy. And chips. How do they still be crunchy? What's on those? And when I was a kid, if you had a picnic, there'd be ants everywhere. Ants walk around the picnics now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Shouldn't you seen it? Even the lollipops, you like, especially some of the Asian stuff, like that food is just plastic, right? And you'll see it there, the ants are walking right around that they won't even get it off the concrete. Yeah. Like, whereas a bug or a, you know, something that was living once would come, you know, they'd eat it. I've even seen, yeah, everything doesn't matter what it is, they leave it. So, and then we've got aspartame in there, which is a nervous system toxin. So we wonder why our brains aren't working properly, you know, too. So it's time to take responsibility. We're going to lose this this if we don't, if those yeah. that are awakened and those that are getting there don't get into themselves, understand who they are and start to fight back mentally. When I say mentally, not thinking, as in like from the mind perspective, but thinking from the soul. Be careful. Write it down. Don't put any emotion and say, right, this is what we want. Um, I, I want to mention one thing that, that I think who's an awesome person who was doing this, um, and that's uh, Jared Rand. Have you heard of Jared Rand Meditations? He does no. one every single day. It's a global meditation every day. And he'll have a ponder on something, ego, um, heart, kids, behaviour problems, whatever it might be. He has a little subject every every, every day and then, he, then it goes into a meditation. 
He is adding. So what he has started, so once you put an intention in, it goes into the ether. So every day he puts this meditation in and people tune in and they add to it and they add to it. And he said it's been four and a half years now and there is actually a band of light work, call it that way, loosely meditation. In other words, all the positive stuff from, from light workers putting in that is surrounded the earth. I do believe we will turn this around. It's, it doesn't oh, yeah. now. It doesn't, but I, I, enough's enough's enough. And there is enough power when we get our minds together and start to, you know, you don't have to rally where you get locked up or, you know, get any issues. You don't have to do that. You can sit um, and intend that change in. Go through it all, the education system, the armed forces, how you would like to see them. Obviously, the armed forces doing their job and protecting us, not trying to incarcerate us. Um the, the, the governments will just take them down. We just, just don't even start again, just get rid of them and we, we start a whole new system. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think I've just about covered everything. I mean, if you keep talking to me, there's something else coming in. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, good. Anything else, Andrea? No, I mean, yeah, plenty of food for thought, but yeah, totally on the same page. And I think more and more people are having an awareness now of what is going on, and they've been oh. they've been tricked, and and we're in this we're in this tipping point, I think, at the moment where you know where everything's about to to change. Um, but you know, we're right we're right in the the deep of it. It's like you have to dig deep for the diamond, don't you? So, um, but yeah, no. Yeah, well, and the thing is, is it's easier than people think because because it is a thing. And I, I, I started on the subject and then I left it, but when you look at how they've done it, so through media, like even songs, we're chanting in, we're coding in all the time. And you look at things like the demonic side of it. Do you, a few of you would have watched the um, CERN, the Hadron Collider ceremony. If that wasn't demonic, I don't know what was. And I mean, they've got kids in beds and they're talking about this virus thing. If that wasn't predicting that in, so subconsciously we're seeing this as if it's, oh, yeah, we kind of half expected it or that's all right, we've seen that before. And then all of a sudden you realise the, the walls have been put around you. So why well, have you been watching the football? You know, it's um, so coding it back in and, and, and that human potential control, one of the things they did was burn the witches at the stake, you know, or, <laughs> are basically healers natural healers um mm. and naturopaths all the healers in that way so again suppressing who we really are what's the name of that guy again Does yeah what was it uh jared j-a-r-e-d rand r-a-n-d and you'll find him on a channel that is called young light workers and mm. all his meditations are a good hour and Every person I've put on to, especially people that I've been um, counselling that have got a lot of mind stuff, once they get into it, it's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't believe that was just the best. And they just become addicted to him. Brilliant. Brilliant. He's got one of those voices and it's just brilliant. He's the best I've, I've heard that the way that he does his meditation. So, yeah, Young Light Workers channel. It's on YouTube. So they're free. I download them onto yep. an iPod. And then I put them on in the car and listen to them over and over again. Some of his some of his ones I might have listened to four, five, six times. Especially when he gets on to 
how we are the source of everything and, and how we, you know, again, what we think in and stuff. And there was one, I was, I'd just driven away from seeing a son and I was mad at him over something and, um, you know, his behaviour and stuff. And then I was listening to the Jared Rand and it came on that your child is not your child. They have their own soul, so they have their own path. And I started crying a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't make him do what I want him to do. He's got to do what he's got to do. With yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like he's 30, right? <laughs> I'm still trying to. <laughs> like he was a little kid. Like, oh, you do that, you'll lose your money, you're an idiot. And I thought, oh, my God. Anyway, so. I tell you what, though, I, I, um, Andrew's, I just see flashed up saying about, um, I know it's you've had experience about near-death experiences and talk to people on oh, that. Oh, that's my TV show, yeah. I know. So that's I'd love. I don't know if you've got time now because I know you you were on a fixed time, but I would love to know all about that because that really fascinates me, and I've read lots yeah. of different books. Of well, I'll tell you some of the some of the stories that. In fact, they all a lot of it led to where I was now. So I'll try and give you the shortest version of it. I was in India at the time and I was raising money to get menstruation products into the third world area. So I was going and doing talks through Rotary International, Lions International and, you know, raising money to get these products. And a woman in India uh, who was a good friend said to me that there was an event on in LA and it was a humanitarian event and that they were... Uh, might be an idea that I go because meeting other humanitarians, I might get someone that might fund some menstruation products into these into these areas, not just India, but Africa as well. Anyway, I turned up, I only had saris on, I flew from India to LA, um, which we might never be able to do again. But anyway, so I flew over there and I didn't have any Australian, any, any, any clothes with me, I only had saris because when I go to India, I just wear saris. And so I turn up at the, and I walked into it. If you know LA, LAX airport, next to it is the LA Sheridan. So I walked in the ballroom, it was 11 a.m. and the, the thing had started at 9 a.m. So I walk in the back of the room wearing a leopard skin sari. And unbeknownst to me, who was going to be on stage, but Mark Victor Hansen. And Mark Victor Hansen is one of the authors of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, all the motivation right. stuff. He's a little bit older now, but a lot of people still remember him. And he saw me walk in and he looked at the back of the room and he says, oh, my God, we've got the vagina doctor just walk in. And we, that's what I was referred to in India because I was working with vaginas, menstruation, everything, hygiene, uh, candida, or anything to do with the vagina. I was working, educating women in, in the villages and stuff. So he called me the vagina doctor anyway. Well, so, so in other words, Mark Vick Hansen knew me. And, in fact, we <laughs> spent some time together like a year previously, not together like that, him and his wife. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, well that could have been a threesome but no it wasn't it was just like a friendship so anyway he says so he says to me i don't know what he was talking about but he says in fact this woman you need to talk to this woman about what what she's doing and as i'm walking through and there's like a thousand people there and as i'm walking through i've got a leopard skin sari on i hadn't spoken yet but as i'm walking he's telling the story about how i've worked in menstruation and women's rights and genital mutilation and all this sort of thing so he's just talking about vaginas the whole way up as i've got there and then all of a sudden i get up on stage and he puts his arm around me which was a deja vu moment it's another thing but anyway he puts his arm around me and he's and um sort of introduced me and I said well I said with all that talk on vaginas I said let me tell you I said on the way here I had a Brazilian coffee and I think my pubic hair's fallen out 
Anyway, he starts to laugh and he says, well, I forgot to tell you she's a very savvy comedian. So I've had him years as a stand-up comedian, just different things you do, you know, when you're a natural speaker. And Jeffrey had talked about radio. I had ABC radio. Oh, and community radio, a lot of radio. Anyway, so I, next thing, I've got the microphone. So I start to talk about what I was doing in India. At the end of that, when I get off stage and I go to the back of the room, this young boy comes up to me and just looks at me. And he's only like late 20s shaved head brilliant blue eyes and he looks at me and he says hi and he looks at me like you know he's expecting some sort of like he knew me or something and i just went hi and he looked at me again he said it's me corey and i said do i know you and he said yes you know me well and i thought no anyway sort of didn't you know talking to other people and um, I said, have you, I turned to him, I said, have you been to America before? No, I said, where are you from? He said, I'm Canadian. I said, oh, so you've been to America before? And he said, no, this is my first time. And I hadn't been to Canada, so I thought, well, I can't know him. Anyway, um, I don't want to make the story too short. There was other people that came up and talked to me, and one of them was a lady by the name of Chamel who had a TV show called Manifesto and how you man manifest stuff in your life. And she'd asked me to come in and do an interview on the Tuesday. So this is Saturday. So the event went Saturday and Sunday. Over that time, I met with others and I networked and all that. And then also someone else that happened to be in the room was Mike Hancock. Oh, yeah, Mike was there or he was running around the hotel that I bumped in. And Mike's from New Zealand. And Mike was doing an event there. So he said to me, oh, my God, you're here. Will you come and talk on Monday? So now we've got Saturday, Sunday. Monday, I'm giving a talk. Tuesday, I've got to go in to, to do this um, to do this interview. So on the Monday, when I go into the room, I walked in, Mike handed me the microphone straight up and didn't tell me what the subject matter was. And he said, just go for it. So I started to talk about what I was doing in India, different things. And um, while, I'm, while I'm talking, I'm looking around the room and I noticed that here's this guy, Corey, that had said he knew me from the event two days ago. So I'm thinking, oh, he's, he's, he's seen me somewhere, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. At that stage, Mike pulled out a magazine, which was an entrepreneur magazine, Excel magazine. And in that particular edition, no one knew I was going to be in America. I didn't know I was going to be in America. But in that particular edition, they had nominated me as Entrepreneur of the Year because of what I'd done with menstruation stuff into third world. Mm. I had never seen the article. I'd done the interview <laughs> nine months earlier. Here it was. So I've walked into this room. Firstly, I've given the microphone. There's a magazine there. No one knew my photo was in it. He just ordered a magazine, and then all of a sudden people start to open the magazine, and they're going, oh, this is you in here. Anyway, the magazine had pretty much my life story in it. It told you that where they lived, and I had four children. It told you all this. So this young boy's got this magazine, and I'm thinking, so what went in my mind is, oh, he's had the magazine. He's read the story. It's got photos of me. That's where he knows me from. And... Anyway, keep going. In the end, I have to leave. So I said to Mike, um, I've got to run off. I said to someone in the room, would someone like the microphone, talk, talk amongst yourself while I'm saying goodbye to Mike. I asked Mike at that time what the, what the subject matter was I was supposed to talk about because he just got me. He said, well, he said, I was talking about entrepreneurs and extrovert, extreme extrovert personalities, mm -hmm. star personnel as they call them. And he said, I said to the people in the room, he said, any moment a star personality is going to walk in this room, I won't tell her anything about what we're talking about. I'll give her a microphone and you watch. She will own this room totally in no time, which I did because I'm a natural speaker. So 
that was that. I then passed the microphone to someone else and said, here, look, just, you know, talk about something while I say goodbye. And he passed, he actually said, it's not me you want to hear from, it's the boy sitting next to me. Now, this was this guy with the shaved head and the blue eyes, Corey. So he passed him the microphone, Corey started to speak, and I'm sort of at the door ready to leave. And Corey had said that when he was five, he was in a car accident. He was, no, sorry, when he, uh, no, when he was 10. When he was 10, he was in a car accident. It was such a bad car accident that they put him in an induced coma for around five years. So from 10 to 15, he was in a coma while his body was, his brain was recovering. When he came out of it, he knew everything that had happened. He knew what his mother had done. He knew the phone calls that she'd had. Everything that was happening on the outside, he's in a coma or, you know, inside. Everything that was happening, he knew. And he said he was actually out here, even though his body was there. His soul, his other side, was was living there. So I hear this story and he was saying that, you know, there was just, there was people on the other side. He met with his grandfather and spent some time with him. And I was just fascinated. So I went back to him and said, can I have your phone number? I'd love to talk to you while I'm here in America. So I got his number and I said to him at that time, I said, well, that explains where we know each other from, the magazine. You've got the magazine. You're part of this organisation. He said, no. He said, that's the first time I've ever seen the magazine and um, and seen the article. So, again, there was that puzzle where I knew him from. So, anyway, I left him, walk into the studio and I'm wearing a sari. It's all I had. And I said to, to Shamel, I, this is the only clothes I've got. And she said, look, it's all right because we're interviewing you on what you're doing in India. So anyway, she stands next to the next to the screen with a with a you know whiteboard in her hand, and she said, "Look, I'll ask you. You just speak, introduce yourself, tell us what you're doing, and then I will ask you questions." So off she goes. So off I go. I look at the camera and I started to tell everyone what I was doing in India. Blah blah blah. The footage is still around somewhere, and all she wasn't saying anything. She was just standing there, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, she's not saying anything, so I better keep talking. But keep in mind, I'd never done TV till that date. I'd only done radio. And when you do radio, you can't stop talking or you've got dead air. So it's a different medium for putting it out. And, you know, I've been the day of records when you're trying to program and you've got one eye shut and trying to see the thing while you're drinking a beer and smoking or something. And, you know, I go to those days in community radio, so and you just kept talking and making up stuff as you went. Anyway... She wasn't asking anything, so I kept talking. I kept talking and kept talking until I had nothing more to talk about. And on the end, I said, oh, are you asking me any questions? She said, well, I was going to, but you wouldn't stop talking. See, because I didn't realise it was pre-recorded, right? I'm thinking that I've got to, we're live, I've just got to keep talking. And she's not saying anything and the camera's right on me, so I've got to keep looking at it and got to keep talking because she's not saying anything over there, right? And so that's what I did. But what she was thinking I was going to do and hadn't explained it, that I would say something and then stop and then look at her and then she'd ask me a question and I'd go back to the camera and I'd answer it and that would all be edited together. But because I didn't know that anyway, so it turned out to be a good thing that I did it that way because people sitting around were quite gobsmacked at how I handled the interview. It wasn't an interview, it was just me, a domination of the whole thing. I was just there and told you everything, everything, you know, there was no interview. So at the time there was a writer's strike on in America and there was no new material. So they couldn't find people to do shows. I had gone into a studio. There happened to be a whole lot of people watching, called me back after, after I'd done this. <laughs> You've got a great ability with the, you know, the way you can articulate. And I told them I'd had a background in stand-up comedy, you know, all these different things. Anyway, they said, we want to give you your own show. 
we'd like you to come back tomorrow, bring some people with you. It's a, it's a, it's a test run. Um, and I said, again, I've only, I haven't got any clothes. I've only got, you know, the siren. It doesn't matter about that. We're going to screen test you. Bring six people with you. We're going to screen test you and see how you come up to do the interview. So I leave there and I thought, oh, shit, what are, okay, where do we go from now? So I ring this guy. So Corey, the guy that sees dead people. So anyway, I call him and his, his flatmate was there and he said, come over. He's out having a walk along the beach, but come over and um, we'll, um, yeah, he'd, he'd be surprised to see you. I also called Don Tolman. I don't know whether many of you guys over there yeah. know Australia, most of us know Don Tolman. And he was a friend of mine and all that sort of thing. I said, come on, do some interviews with you. And he's like, great, yeah, I'll be there. So I pick him up the next morning at the airport, but come back to that day. So I drive to Corey's place. I get there. He's not there. His mate's there. His mate says, come in, sit down, and you'll be home soon. So I go in, sit down, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden Corey walks in, and, of course, he's surprised to see me. And he's like, oh, you, Samantha, what are you doing here? I said, oh, I'll tell you. I said, look, I know you haven't got long. I said, but I went in to do this interview, and I've been, they want me to screen test tomorrow, and I'd love to do an interview with you. And he just looked at me and smiled the biggest smile with his blue eyes. I don't know what. He said, Samantha, he said, that's where I know you from. So where? He said, it's already happened. He said, I do six interviews with you. He said, you have a live studio audience. He says, you go global very fast. He said, you get signed to a, to a global contract. Well, I did, 52 country through, um, uh, through uh, uh, Slovenia, but the head office is in London. Um, um, did 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 the show through Edge Media as well in London, which is out of Milton Keynes. So I had anyway. I'm, I'm going to into too much detail. So I ended up with the show. So when I say I ended up with the show, they want me to come in. So Corey tells me it's already happened. Tells me all about it. He tells me that they say I look like a young Elizabeth Taylor on the show, which they dressed me just like I had a shoulders and a lipstick on my hair and all that sort of thing. So I did look like a young Elizabeth Taylor. And I, I was just gobsmacked. I looked at him and I said, have you got a beer? I was just gobsmacked. I mean, he was someone telling me that this had already happened. And I get out in the car, ring my, ring my oldest daughter, started crying, and I said, forget the to-do list. I said, it seems that your life's already happened. What do we do? Because this was not on my to-do list. It was not something that I ever put on my do. In fact, that whole thing, it was just not of interest to me. So, hang on a minute. <laughs> We're all having a drink. Everyone's drinking. I'm the one that's got dry, dry from talking. So, <coughs> pardon me. <laughs> so, we get in the studio. I sit down. I picked up Don Tolman at the airport at this stage, seven in the morning, and I pass him a beer. <coughs> Not from a big drinker, but Jesus Christ, when you're told you've got, yeah, well, this is happening. I needed it. Keep in mind it was a different time somewhere else, right? So I hand him a beer and, and, and Don said, oh, I love you Australians. I said, I said, look, I'm only having one. I said, I, look, I'm going in to do a show. I don't even know anything about it. I don't even know what's going to happen. But anyway, so I get in there and first person I get on is Corey. So we sit there and he tells about how he had, he had been in a coma, but he had, he knew everything that was going on, how he'd met people, but how he had been taught comes back to this too because I rang him and he was drawing pictures of this from his his journey while he was in the coma so we sit there and he tells me because I had no script and so I was just going with it. so he told me what had happened and then I said so is there so there's dead people there's dead people around he said yeah they're around all the time 
He said, they're there in another dimension. He said, there's dead people. I said, is there a God? And he said, mm. he said, there is, but not nothing like what we would think it is. And I said, uh, is there aliens? He said, that's a bit one of the, well, he said, that's a really good question. He said, because what we think of as the gods is really the aliens. He said, God's a different thing altogether. And I said, so what you're saying is, and he said, and this God is everywhere. We were getting onto photons, right? And he said, so what I, he's, so I said to him, so I reiterated. So I'm looking at him, camera's here. And I said, so what you're saying to me is there's not only dead people everywhere, gods everywhere, and there's aliens everywhere. And he said, yeah. So I looked at the camera and I said, well, that's going to stop me masturbating. And uh, anyway, <laughs> he, just kept, he just kept going with the interview because he knew, already knew that I had I was a comedian, so I had a good sense of humour, so it didn't phase him. So I said, yeah, that's going to stop me masturbating and having sex with animals. And I said, oh, well, the masturbation was a lie. So that was my humour at it. So he just keeps going. We just kept going like nothing had happened. Meanwhile, in the studio, when it's complete chaos, they're like, did she just say masturbation and sex with animals and all this sort of thing? So they hadn't quite got my humour. I mean, they were doing it as I was a comedian, a comedy, but they just didn't quite know if they could get away with that. So the whole crew's like, oh, my God, they're all looking at each other. Like, what did she just say? Can we do that? So anyway... We just kept going. We just kept talking like nothing had happened. At the end of it, they're doing this, call me into the back end, and the, the producer said, I don't know if you'll get away with that. And I said, well, I'm an Australian. And they said, well, that'll help. Because they said, <laughs> that was the best thing we ever heard because we said, that's what we all think. If you're being watched, if there's something there all the time, like, you know, when you're picking your nose and you eat it and stuff like that or snip your earwax or belly button wax or something like that, you don't want to know that something's there watching you guys. So having sex in weird positions, you know, all sorts of things, you know. Um, so all of that was, anyway, they said, no, you've got the show. You've not <laughs> only got the show, we're going to start recording. Next thing, they've got me out of the sari. They've got me in complete wardrobe, padded shoulders, the lipstick, the hair. I look like Elizabeth Taylor. Not only did they do that, but they wanted to see, because I was a comedian, they wanted to put a live studio audience. So next thing they've brought people, I've got an audience. By the Monday, I've been signed to 52 Country Contract. Um, wow. The whole thing just happened. And what was the show about? I don't know, because I never planned to have one, right? So I just <laughs> put in the studio. And it turned out the, the the main people were on near-death experiences that had just attracted themselves to it. So this Corey, who had, he's still so gifted now. I mean, he hasn't lost that ability. But one, it was a New Zealand guy who, um, you know, 27, he was driving a Maserati. He had his own, he had his, he had a company, accounting firm. He had all this stuff. He was doing great. And he had a near-death experience, died came back and that changed him from there. From that moment on, he went out of the accounting and started the spiritual radio program. There was another one who was a minister when I met him on the program, an African-American minister, and he had started, he'd had a car accident and something, he said he was holding onto the wheel and something told him to let go of the wheel and he didn't at first. And then it screamed at him, let go of the wheel. And as he did, the car flipped, which put him down, which saved his life because if he'd been hanging on, he would have been yeah. where the steering wheel was. And from that moment, he had downloads of understanding frequencies. So he started an AIDS orphanage in Africa where he was using frequency to raise the vibration of the AIDS-born kids, which meant they were living very healthy. 
And so he's, he went into, you know, that direction. And I said to him, what did you used to do before the accident? And he's, imagine this big African-American guy with the shaved head and all the jewellery, even though he's dressed as a minister, he's got all his bling on. And he says, he says, girlfriend, he says, I was a pimp in New York. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, you know. So in these had, had the near-death experiences and what they, what they got out of it my and, and many others and and oh, many others but with me that that experience that i had through the crop so anyway i got the tv show all that happened then i just kept going through life but then when the crop circle turned up on me everything that i'd ever spoken about previously i stopped i went i hid actually for a few years because i realized that i was being retaught retort on everything what i mean I've, I've astral projected i've remote viewed the the gifts that i have which i don't talk about because i'm still uncertain of how you use these other than an understanding that something exists and we have those powers we mm. come from a, a photon creation source field and we are part of that and we interact with that in fact we co-create with that that's the that's what the human does and you you don't talk about other things. Once all this happened to me, I I stopped talking about, you know, diet and all that sort of thing as such, and I went more to that, that whole spiritual realm. And then, of course, it came back that diet was relevant because if you're a biological computer and you're filling, it's like a fishbowl, and you pour Coca-Cola and shit in it, the fish are going to die. You know, you've got to keep your waters clean. And any the, anything that you eat goes into the blood and that goes through everything else. So it kind of all married together. And I, I went through a bit of an ego where I thought, oh, I've been chosen, you know, someone's picked me, all that sort of thing. And I went out of that and thought, well, that's stupid. It's not really that at all. It's that we all have this. We all can be awake and we can all, it's just a gift. And it might have been a spaceship flying over my house at the day and shit on me that day and I woke up. But, you know, with these downloads, you don't know there's, We've all got it. I mean, even remote viewing. I didn't know I was remote viewing and the difference between remote viewing and astral projection until in hindsight. And then I started to research it. And when I was looking at remote viewing, I was, I, well, I was there. I went into this other place. And and I, I'm like, I know I'm here. I know I'm in this place. So I started Googling on, on astral projection and I came across a guy, uh, Inga Swan. And Inga had been employed and Russell Taj, employed by the American government for like 25 years to teach remote viewing. Now, the American government doesn't pay people to do that if they don't know if it doesn't work. So we all have it. It's just that we're so much in our head that we're not in that quiet spot where we can we can not judge it. And I know when I have different visions, I soon learned, it would tell me off actually, I soon learned that if I was in a picture, if I'd call it that, if I was in a place in this vision, but I'm in this place, if I was there and I started thinking, oh, is it that? Oh, that looks like that. Of course, the picture started changing. And I went, oh my God, I'm can, I'm changing it with my views, mm -hmm. my you know, opinion into it, my thinking in. Like, is that that? Because I'm trying to make it that because that's all I can understand. My brain can't understand that. So I'm going to make it oh, sort of like that. But then it would change to that. Then it wasn't the that that I wanted to, that I really, that the ether was trying to show me that it's that, that, you know? And, well, you know, there's a difference between the one I mess with and the one that Source has given me, you know? If, if I change the picture, well, then it's not what I was supposed to have received. So that's where I learned to be quiet and 
I couldn't, I can't have people touch me sometimes. As soon as you touch me, it snaps me out of it. So I'll just go in this moment, boom, 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 and I've got it. Then in hindsight, like afterwards, I go back and try to analyse what it was. And that's like with remote viewing. Any of these things, you must just just put down as it's been sent you or gifted you or the understanding you've got. Don't try to manipulate it because by well, manipulating it, changing it. You're changing mm. it. You know, it's, we, that's what this does. So was I making a point on something? <laughs> I, think, I think you died and you came back. I died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, so the TV show. Yeah, well, that's how that happened. And, and the near-death experiences. And radio was um, health tips and all sorts of things and all sorts of things. I could talk on, you know, diabetes to reflux to laxatives, you know. It was all sorts of different topics. So that gave me a good diversity in different subjects. But these days I'm getting off the grid, you know. It's community living. It's... It's growing your own and you've got to get away from this, this whole bullshit system, the 5G, the electromagnetic toxicity that's around us. And you get out and land and you think, oh, my God, this is just, I can be where as soon as you get in, I don't have a TV in my house, but, you know, I just see people, they just sit there, they just sit there in front of the box and that's their life. And we've, de we've demasculinized our men over time, particularly with the tribal people, the Indigenous folks, but men have... They've lost their balls, and I don't mean through incarceration, incarceration, castration, and I'm trying to get it all out there. I mean that we've, they've been feminised. I mean, we've got young men, they all want to drink beer and get pissed, and then they've got Foster's Flop, and they just, you know, sit there with the remote and watch the footy. We've lost our men. We want a man that's a man. I'm a farmer's daughter. You know, we grew our own everything. We killed and ate our own everything. We ate everything from the tongue to the testicles. You know, but we we were diverse, and I'm you know, I'm diverse. You know, you'd be putting a fence post in one minute, digging a channel the next, milking a cow. We're dairy farms, so you milk cows twice a day. But horses, beef, shit, you're diverse. Some you're diverse, but people have their job. Once they've done their job, that's it. Stop. You know, drink beer, mm. um, or eat junk food, or you know, some people make it's Coca Cola. You know, you see some people that is you know, head to McDonald's drive through. At the end of the day, they're having a McCappy meal, which doesn't make you freaking very McCappy at all. <laughs> And then you're drinking Coca-Cola and then, you know, you have a sugar high and low and then you're depressed and next thing you're on antidepressants and you're just about suiciding, you know. Get out in land, get in fresh air, start to take some responsibility for yourself. I know, like, I've gone through stages, I'll drink a bit, but I've just, I've just, I can't be bothered with it. I mean, why? I don't, why? I might have a beer, might have two, but Jesus, you won't see me pissed, you know. And too many yeah. people, I've got, you know, different friends over the years that could drink. One friend I know drank 17 beers in a day that I was with her. You know, mm -hmm. that's ridiculous. You know, your liver, your brain, everything's affected. How are you going to be a, a, a you know, a, a machine that is going to put into the ether and help turn this around? Then, you know, mm -hmm. so a bit of an opinion on people that waste time and, you know, yeah. just let themselves go and pouring stuff in. They treat their bodies like mini skips. Don't look, hey, I've done it. I've been a teenager, you know. I've got drunk till I've fallen over on the dance floor and smoked weed <laughs> so I couldn't get off the couch in the back in the days and never really got into anything that was um, much worse than that. Maybe tried a few mushrooms and things like that, have my share of that. But 
I think once you find that spiritual place and you know where you are and you have your chakras removed so you turn into the dodecahedron, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I'm just great, you know, just you know. so what am I going to do now? I'm not going to think, I'm not going to open up the bag of bullshit. I'm not going to go into all that old stuff. That was all a past to me. I'm going to focus on a future that is beautiful for myself, my grandchildren, my children, future generations you know rearing ducks and sheep and you know just a different way i've i've, I've had enough of the yeah you know dreaming and yeah. you dream yeah okay. well, the show's about there you go finish up on that much yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we've gone over a little bit because <laughs> i know when I, when I spoke to you pre pre the show you said i'm only doing an hour i'll get off to get to the grandkids well you've gone a little bit over an hour but it's been up in bed and there is someone there that's there yeah, yeah. so i've got yeah. a daughter that does photography at sunrise and sunset so i'll have them at bedtime and then i often have them overnight because she gets up at three in the morning to do a sunrise thing so right. i don't like it very much actually i love them but i don't like them so <laughs> Can't wait till they grow up. All right, let's go. It's been fantastic. Love it. Yeah, thank you. Yes, yeah, it's been a real delight. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and knowledge and your laughter. Thank you for having me on. And I just live down the road, so I'll back home and kiss the <laughs> All right. Just stand by.